Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 138 I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Esther, chapter 2, verse 19, through chapter 3, verse 6. When the virgins were being gathered together, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Now Esther had had not revealed her kindred or her people, as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed Mordecai just as when she was brought up by him. In those days, while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Big Than and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the threshold, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Ahasuerus. But the matter came to the knowledge of Mordecai, and he told it to Queen Esther, and Esther told the king in the name of Mordecai. When the affair was investigated and found to be so, Both the men were hanged on the gallows. It was recorded in the book of the annals of the presence of the king. After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the officials who were with him. And all the king's servants who were at the king's gate bowed down and did obeisance to Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai did not bow down or do obeisance. When then the king's servants who were at the gate said to Mordecai, Why do you disobey the king's command? When they spoke to him day after day and he would not listen to them, they told Haman in order to see what, whether Mordecai's words would avail, for he had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow down or do obeisance to him, Haman was infuriated. But he thought it beneath him to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So, having been told who Mordecai's people were, Haman plotted to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons, and said, Friends, 
the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle of all, in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem. So that was the field that was, in their language, called Hakaldama, which is field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one in it to live in it, and let another take his position of overseer. Welcome to the seventh Thursday after Pentecost. The, um, the readings today were interesting, and I stumbled over some of the um, some of the <laughs> pronunciations. Um, but more importantly, today, as the twenty fifth of July, is the feast day for a soldier saint by the name of Menas, more popularly known as Saint Christopher. Uh, Christopher. The name means Christ bearer, and the most popular version of of his life um, has him as this kind of uh, strong man, salty kind of. I, I don't know why I think of him as like a pirate for some reason. He's not a pirate, um, but basically, um, the again, this is the popular version, not necessarily historically accurate version um, but the story goes that he was converted to Christianity um, because he kept challenging these different powerful figures because he wanted to follow a powerful figure and wherever he turned he discovered they weren't really powerful until a hermit told him well you should try Christ and um, and Christopher said well how do I do that and the hermit said well you you've, you've fast and you pray and Christopher's like oh I can't do that <laughs> and because he couldn't do it, um, he realized that Jesus, this Christ figure, was more powerful than the others, and so he decided to become Christian. And he gets his name, uh, supposedly in this popular version, from the um, man, thirteenth, fourteenth century. Um, um, he gets his name because he uh, was traveling one day. And there's a young child sitting at the edge of the river who needs to get to the other side. And he he's kind of this brutish guy, but he's got a soft heart. And he sees that the river's become swollen, and the child, the child I don't think the child ever speaks, or maybe he does, I don't know if it's important. And this child, um, he ends up carrying the child on his back across the river, even as the... Um, the river continues to swell and the child gets heavier and heavier. They make it to the other side and the child disappears. And as the story goes, that was Christ. Um, you know, Christ in one of his many disguises. And so he becomes the Christ bearer, Christopher. And that's the popular version based on the, the name itself. You know, he bore Christ. He's the patron saint of travelers and pilgrims because he you know, he braved this swelling river as he was traveling from point A to point B. Um, but um, any historians will will say, look, that's 
that's not really reliable. The earliest we get any kind of story like that is, um, is you know, maybe as early as the 10th century. Um, but it was, it's most well known because it was popularized by <clears throat> the Golden Legend, which is like this comic book of saints. Um, I say comic book because it's exaggerated. It's, it's meant to be uh, widely read and popular as opposed to, you know, reliable. Um, but there is a St. Christopher, um, and it's very likely that um, it's synonymous with this cult of St. Menas. Um, and we can say with some certainty that Christopher is one of the many soldier saints who were martyred um, under the Emperor Diocletian during his purge of the military. Um, and um, what makes Christopher unique, and you can find this on the website of David Woods, Military Martyrs website. He's a, a scholar out in Ireland, University College Cork. And he does a lot of these historical assessments of the soldier saints. And um, he traces these um, early manuscripts to kind of figure out what we can actually know about these saints, these soldier saints. And Christopher is unique because the records record his unit. And we know that this unit was unique because it named the people that it recruited. We know that this unit was recruited by Diocletian in Northern Africa. Um, and recruited is this very gentle term. He was captured in war. Christopher was captured in war. Um, he was carried um, to Antioch where he was martyred. And um, it's possible there were a number of years between being captured and being martyred. Um, but we do know that it was in Antioch. We know his unit. We know more or less very closely where the dates align. And if he was killed, he was probably an officer and he was probably asked to make sacrifices to the pagan gods or to confess Diocletian as God, um, which he didn't do. So we don't know if he was a Christian beforehand, if he was if he was converted while he was in the military, um, before he was finally put into service and, and expected to make sacrifices. Um, and the popular version of his of his story kind of evolves in its own track. Um, but we have um, cult sites that have arisen as early as the seventh century. So we know that Christopher is real. Um, we we know that uh, he's a very early soldier saint, possibly as early as 302, 304, something like that. Um, and that's, that's kind of all we know. Um, I like the story of Christopher, the popular version, because he's this, you know, piss and vinegar kind of guy. And he wants to be powerful. He wants to find the person that's going to help him, you know, rise to the top. And he finds that all these humans, you know, mere humans, have all these weaknesses, whether it's pride or it's, um, you know, vanity or something. All of them fail the test until finally this hermit says, well, you know, to be, to be like Jesus, to worship Jesus, to gain power from him, you have to give up eating and you have to pray. And Christopher's like, ah, shit. <laughs> but he recognized something, something unique in the Christian faith. 
that it's about self-emptying, um, that our God um, emptied himself, taking the form of a grunt. Um, and I'm sure he eventually learned that um, that included, uh, you know, glory and honor is wrapped up in Christ's suffering, his ability to suffer. Um, and Christopher, who's known as the dog-headed, I don't know exactly why, um, Christopher, um, you know, recognized that there's this odd inversion that power, um, as as we we've come to understand it as, as humans, is very different than real power. Like if you really want to test your limits, you have to give yourself up. Um, if you want everything, you have to give everything up, which is essentially what Jesus is, is saying. Um, you know, there's just and it's very grunt like, like the person who's you know to make this pretty crude the guy with the biggest dick is the is the guy who can march the longest you know each child the fastest um does the most sit-ups and push-ups like that's who you aspire to be the person who can withstand the most who can um get up the most times after being knocked down um so christopher is one of my i don't know it's just one of those stories i really like um it is historically based even if most of the stories that we know about Christopher are kind of contrived and developed much later. Um, but today is his feast day um, because some of the records preserve um, his martyrdom, his death. And so, uh, as is my custom, I stick to the Latin, the Latin church's uh, martyrology, the dates, even though in the East his feast day is May 9th. And uh, in the Coptic church, it's, I don't know, some other weird Coptic month, I guess, to Parmuti. Um, so that's St. Christopher. And we, um, it's one of those stories that really exemplifies what Pew Pew is about and, and the, the hardiness, um, if not in Christopher, the, the humility, but certainly the hardiness that um, makes a grunt a grunt. Prayer for Travelers Grant me, O Lord, a steady hand and watchful eye, that no one shall be hurt as I pass by. You gave life. I pray no act of mine may take away or mar that gift of yours. Shelter those, dear Lord, who bear me company from the evils of fire and all calamity. Teach me to use my vehicle for others' need, nor miss through love of undue speed the beauty of the world that thus I may with joy and courtesy go on my way. Protect all drivers who often transport those who bear Christ within them. May we travel safely the highways on earth and carefully follow the pathways of life until we reach our goal in heaven. May we then join you and all saints in praising God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. 
You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.